live from Grant's house. It's middle exploring Middle <laughs> Earth. Yeah. Uh, hey guys, welcome to Exploring Middle Earth podcast. Um, today we're at my house uh, because my car broke down, so I wasn't able to drive to Jay's house where we normally do things. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, we're recording here today, a little bit different setup, but you know, we we got it figured out. We got mm-hmm. it done. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the more well-known characters of the Second Age in preparation for the release of the Rings of Power on Amazon Prime. Um, coming out soon. Coming out very soon. So by the time this episode will air August 29th, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Or something like that. Yeah, 29th. Um, so that'll give you guys a few days to listen to this before it drops and um hopefully it, it helps you guys get like a little bit of background information on what's lore at least yeah um but yeah we wanted to do this because there's uh these characters have quite a bit to do with the show um we're gonna be talking about galadriel Caliborn. well actually we don't know if Caliborn's gonna be in the show at all but he has a lot to do with galadriel so mm-hmm. uh galadriel Caliborn, um gilgalad and elrond and hey, a little bit on kirdan but we don't know if he's in the show either. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. And then also, um, be sure to uh, pay attention for maybe some weekend drops starting oh, yeah. when the show, the Rings Power show comes out. Um, Jay and I will kind of uh, take turns doing this. Uh, we will record ourselves after each show. Um, so I'll take over the first after the first episode of the rings of power drops, I will record maybe like a half hour of commentary and yep. uh, my opinions on it and what I think was accurate, what I think was really bad, what I thought was really good. And just like um, explaining it, just kind of explaining yeah. it and what happened and stuff like that just for about half an hour. And we'll probably call it the rings of power half hour. Yeah. Uh, just a, So just a little bit of something. So that way this podcast doesn't turn exclusively into a rings of power uh, yeah. commentary podcasts, but we can mm-hmm. remain more book lore oriented. But because we, yeah, the Rings of Power will come and go, but the Lord of the Rings will stay forever. Well, that was good. Thanks. Yeah, so we'll <laughs> probably be doing that on the weekends after each episode drops because they supposed they're supposed to drop on Fridays. So mm-hmm. uh, look for that on the weekends. Possibly, but don't Saturday, freak Sunday. out if we can't get it out right away because yeah. we got busy stuff going. It could on. also come on Monday with other podcast episodes. Yes, or whatever day I can get it up. So. Yeah, but I mean, hey, you get We're an extra too. extra half hour episode, bonus episode. Yeah, stop complaining, yeah, guys. So. Tired of you um, guys complaining. Yeah, so today, like I was saying, we're going to talk about the more well-known characters of the Second Age and kind of their story and uh, how they play into it. So I'm going to start off. We're going to try and do that like weird storyline thing. Last time we did like Sauron's storyline in the Second Age, and we kind of wove in the other characters with it. This time there's less characters, um, but there's quite a bit about them. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to start off with the story of Galadriel. Yeah, mostly in the second age though we're not we know yeah. she's the main character oh yeah we're not we're not focusing on like first age third age or anything like that we're just talking second age i mean i'll give a little bit of background it fell here and there but yeah well that's uh, where the because that's because where the rings of power takes place second age yeah we're not getting into the third age no no not here you watch the lord this of the rings is not that. the time yeah so galadriel um and this is not in-depth uh analysis either it's it's mm-hmm. just I mean, we'll probably do what you need to know. Yeah. What you need to know right now. We'll probably do like, like single character podcast episodes along the mm-hmm. line where we just focus on one character the whole time, but, and also potential spoilers because we're going to be talking about what happens to the characters, yeah. but we don't, but if you don't know this stuff, you'll be fine. I mean, it's been out there for a while, so you'll yeah. be fine. That's on you. If you don't know that, uh, and they might change it quite a bit too. So who knows? Yeah. Anyways, let's get to it. Mm-hmm. So Galadriel. A Noldoran Teleran elf, so she was Noldor Teleri, um, born in Valinor in the Years of the Trees, 1362. Um, her father was Finarfin, who was uh, Feanor's brother. Probably a lot of you have heard of Feanor. Mm-hmm. And um, her mom was uh, Eärwen, who was the daughter of Olway. If you've read the Silmarillion, you'll probably recognize that name a little bit from the beginning. Um, Olway was the brother of... Uh, Elmo and Elway. <laughs> Elmo. Elmo's a funny name, yes. It, but <laughs> Tolkien wrote that name before Elmo was even a spark in someone's eye. So 
own. Maybe Elmo. As, assuming copied. Elmo was Elmo birthed. was inspired by yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So I don't remember what it names but, or means, <laughs> but it means something. So she was the daughter of Olwe, um, which means she was technically the, um, I think the grand niece of Thingol. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So, um, like I said, she was a son of Finarfin, and some of other Finarfin's kids were Finrod, who we talked about last time. Great guy. Uh, um, Angrod and Ignor. Um, and depending on what kind of lore you follow, because it's in the Silmarillion, but then there's also the history of Middle-earth says something different. Um, her brother is also Orodreth, mm-hmm. um, who, as we know, takes over Finrod's kingdom of Nargothrond when he leaves to uh, help Baron on his quest. Yes. Um, but it could also be her nephew as well. It could be um, Finrod's. Or it could be intermarriage in there. Yeah. So it's the I don't know. nephew and yeah. brother. Some of the older lore that Tolkien wrote, it kind of it kind of got like mixed up and confused, and Christopher Tolkien didn't really know what to do with it. So some of it, like, I guess it really just depends on what the reader wants to think. I mm-hmm. choose to think that it was her brother, Orodreth. So her brothers were Finrod, Engrod, Agnor, and Orodreth. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, she was the sister. Um, so anyways, so that's her family. Um, she took part in the exile of the Noldor in the, um, this was before the first stage, like right before the first stage, uh, because she supported Feanor's claim to establish elven realms in middle earth after Melkor kind of like corrupted Feanor or like manipulated him into believing that the Valar were holding back middle earth and keeping them in Valinor so that the men could take over the land. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, no, we need to establish our own kingdoms. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> and exactly. also take the Silmarils. That's exactly what they said. Yeah, that's ex- <laughs> how they said it, too. Yeah. So Galadriel also felt the same way, even though she didn't exactly support Feanor um, because he wasn't a very good person. But she was like, yeah, like, let's go. Let's go to Middle Earth and let's establish our own realms and rule our own realms in our own ways. You let's know? go exploring Middle Earth. Whoa. Whoa. Um, she so, name dropped her podcast yeah. in real life. Um, but because she went along with Fanor and his uh, group of Noldor elves, she was subject to the Doom of Mandos, which was basically not allowed to come back to Valinor ever again. Oof. Yeah, Whoops. not good. Not um, good. And yeah, and it also meant she couldn't leave Middle Earth. Like she couldn't depart from Middle Earth at all. Um, and then, but that was also mostly due to the first kinslaying at Alcalande. Alcalande was the haven of the Teleri elves off the coast of uh, uh, Valinor. And um, Feanor killed, and his group killed a lot of the Teleri elves to take over their ships because the Teleri wouldn't let them take their ships over mm-hmm. the sea because uh, they heard of uh, what Manwai said. He said, no, you guys can't let them. So they're like, yeah, yeah. okay, we're not letting you. Um, but uh, Galadriel didn't take part of that and some of, like, especially Finarfin's clan um, because, uh, like I said, Finarfin was married to Arwen, and Arwen was the daughter of the king of Alqualande. So mm-hmm. uh, they're like, no, we're not going to kill our own people. Conflict um, of interests. Yeah, so that's one good thing Galadriel did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, because she was still part of the exile of the Noldor, she still receive, received the exile uh, doom, basically. Yeah. Um, what are you gonna do? But now, in the first age, when she arrives in Middle Earth in the region of Beleriand, she um, she at first with her uh, family, Finrod and her other brothers, uh, they go to Doriath, which is a forest kingdom ruled by Thingol, who is Elwë, her um, great uncle, and there she meets an elf named Celeborn. Um, so now I'll talk a little bit about Celeborn. I don't have much on Celeborn that's very unique because Celeborn's story is so interwoven with Galadriel's. Because, spoiler alert, they marry each other. Uh, yeah, Dude, well. Um, I didn't get so, well, Just bad. kidding, I did. Um, so there's not much that's like unique. Like Their story is very interwoven together. Like Wherever Galadriel goes, Celeborn goes. Sometimes, you know. But like, uh, I'll get into that later. But They're like two so, peas in a pod. Yeah, so basically Celeborn, he was a noble Sindar. So he was like pretty high-ranking in Doriath. Um, and he was the grand nephew of King Thingol. So mm-hmm. Galadriel was grand niece and Celebrant was grand nephew. So they were, <laughs> uh, this is another thing with Tolkien's like uh, family trees and stuff. They're still far enough apart where it's like, okay. 
and it's not that weird. But mm-hmm. if you look at it, you're like, well, there's still sort of. It's close. probably legal yeah. in most American states. Yeah, it would be legal. Probably everywhere in Europe. I don't know yeah, the rules no, in yeah. Europe. But um, it's still kind of like weird to think about sometimes. But uh, Celeborn, because he was uh, living in Doriath and Galadriel as well, they experienced many of the goings on in Doriath during the first age, uh, which included um, Baron. Uh, arriving for the first time in Doriath and mm-hmm. professing his love for Luthien and going on the quest and returning uh, only to find the werewolf, um, what's his name, Karkaroth, uh, hunting him and the slain of Karkaroth. So that's pretty cool. He got to witness all that, but you never know about it because they don't name drop him, you know. Yeah, um, they're and respectable. Then also Turin, uh, Turambar, uh, being fostered by Thingol, his king. Um, so that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um but it is uh it is interesting to mark because like i was saying uh his story is so interwoven with galadriel that we often forget about him and a lot of people think mostly about galadriel cuz she's very important in the third age um but celeborn's also very important too and it's interesting to mark that he actually had more power than her um but it was never really said kind of like explicitly but basically he um i'll talk about this in a bit in a sec too but he was uh in the second age, he was Lord of like three different lands. Like whenever he moved to do new land, he was like accepted as like the leader of yeah, that land. He was very charismatic yeah. probably. I guess. And he was often held in high esteem, even as a Sindar amongst the exiled Noldor. Um, so, um, that's basically like saying, uh, that's basically like saying someone Ohio from Ohio, uh, is like better than someone from Michigan or something like that. This is not true. Which is usually not true, but in Celeborn's case, it was. So, um, yeah. I know a few Ohioans who I respect. 99% of the time, it's not true. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> well, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, so now I'll return to Galadriel a little bit. Well, a lot of it, because this okay. is most of the podcast. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so she meets uh, Celeborn, and they profess their love to each other, and they marry each other in Doriath. Well, it's probably assumed to be in Doriath because that's where they stay. It's a private um, wedding. Yeah. And when uh, her brother Finrod and her other brothers, Ordreth, Angrod, and Agnor, leave to go to Nargothrond, which uh, Finrod founds and becomes king of, uh, she doesn't follow her family because of her love for Celeborn, who wants to stay in Doriath with mm-hmm. his family. So she's so nice. She is nice. Um, but around the time of the fall of Nargothrond, Finrod's kingdom, Galadriel and Celeborn... Uh, they they fled east over the Blue Mountains, the Arid Luin, just to kind of escape the the oncoming war, and everything that was happening in Beleriand, all the ruin and destruction. So they they flee east over the mountains, and they end up in uh, Eriador. But when Beleriand was sunk underneath the waves, and a lot of the Noldor um, ended up settling the land called Linden, which is like a, a west of the Blue Mountains, but it's now like a coastal region. Um, she and Celeborn uh, move there, and then that's where Celeborn becomes lord of what's called Harlinden, which is the southern region of Linden. Yeah, so after all the Noldor, um, actually after the War of Varath, um, Manwe allows a lot of the Noldor, or like all the Noldor, to come back to Valinor because they're like, oh, hey, good job, man. Yeah. You you suck it through. <laughs> um, but some of the Noldor, like Gilgalad and uh, uh, even some not Noldor, like Círdan and people like that, uh, Orifer, Thranduil, mm-hmm. uh, they decide to remain in Middle-earth because they loved Middle-earth and they loved the land and the plants and the animals and the people and they didn't want to leave their home uh, just to go back to a place that they barely remember. Um, so uh, Celeborn uh, didn't leave and Galadriel loved him so much that she stayed as well. Um, but she was also staying too because she was eager to explore Middle-earth yeah. Hey, look at that. Yeah. And establish a realm of her own. And also because of her pride for that, the ban was extended for her. So she still wasn't allowed back to Valinor. Mm-hmm. Unless she really proved herself. Yeah. Um, so Tough the, crowd out there. Yeah. In the early Second Age, Celeborn and Galadriel ruled over the region of Harlinden, like I was talking about, in the elven kingdom of Linden, which was Gilgalad's realm. Now, Jay, let's hear a little bit about Gilgalad. Hello, everyone. This is Jay. I'm going to let you guys hear a little about Gilgalad. Gilgalad, G-I-L-Dash, G-A-L-A-D. 
Yeah, no, it's not. It's one a word. lot of gal 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 So Gilgalad was born in the year of the trees, fourteen eighty one, and he's the son of Ordreth, which you've probably heard that, or you definitely have heard that word or name before because Grant mm-hmm. said it. It's uh, Galadriel's a uh, supposed brother, right? Supposed brother supposed or nephew. Yeah, so some way related. So Gilgalad is somehow related yeah. to uh, Galadriel. Oh, also, I think, too, that's another confusing part of the lore, too, because in some instances, Gilgalad is the son of uh, Fingon, mm-hmm. who was one of the high kings of the Noldor as well. So basically, it's just like, it's confusing. Yeah, it's But confusing. I, I think that is the more accepted one, is that he's mm-hmm. the son of Orodreth. Yeah. yeah. So he was still young during the exile of the Noldor um, and battles like... Dagor Bragalak in near Nithor Nordiad mm-hmm. um, and his father ruled in Minas Tirith like Grant was saying um, and uh, Gilgalad lived uh, or Ordreth sent his son and wife uh, to the havens of Falas into Círdan's ship, Círdan the shipwright's care which I'll talk about a little bit later you want should I talk about him now or are you going to have me you, yeah you can talk about him now okay yeah so this is just quick on Kyrdan. Um Kyrdan, aka No Way. No, yeah. But it's not N O W A Y. N O W E with the two yeah. dots mm-hmm. accent mark. Also Kyrdan the shipwright. And he was possibly the first elf to awake. We don't know exactly when he was born. Yeah, one of the first. Or he was yeah. at least one of the like the son of the first yeah. or something like that. He was an he was early on, but Very he old. was the last to leave Middle Earth. Yeah. Um uh, among the like high elves though yeah there's still like the wood elves and stuff mm-hmm. that stayed yeah you're right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but he so he built lots of ships and stuff that's what his thing was and he lived by the sea on in the gray havens and an interesting fact about kirdan he was one of the only two elves recorded to have a beard yeah um the other one was matan 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 yeah uh Fainor's father-in-law yeah he was, um, Matan was Fëanor's father-in-law, and, uh, he was also a great smith himself, and he, uh, Fëanor was his apprentice for a little while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Just a little something. Well, one thing that I thought was interesting, because I was researching Círdan, um, so you know how everybody's, ups- or was probably still upset about, uh, the female dwarf, Disa, not having a beard? Yeah. Círdan has a beard, but in the Peter Jackson films, he's in the background of a shot, and he doesn't have a beard. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, Peter Jackson fell into the same thing. What are you going to do? But um, Círdan was just a super old elf. And he also advised he advised against the creation of the Rings of Power when Anatar came. Yeah. Which Gilgalad also did, which I'll talk about. Um, and when the three elven rings were hidden, uh, Círdan received Narnia, um, the Ring of Fire. Yeah. Which he eventually gave to, do you know? Gandalf. Gandalf, yeah. Aloran. Good job. Mithrandir. Yeah, so he gave that to him. I'm going to quick just read that passage because it's a good passage. Yeah, why don't you? It's in Appendix B. Um, i got to flip to it because I didn't bring my tabs to Grant's house. You know, That's what happens when we switch recording Jeez. locations. Okay, again. so it says, Círdan later surrendered his, being the ring, to Mithrandir. For Círdan saw n- further and deeper than any other in Middle-earth and welcomed Mithrandir at the Grey Havens, knowing whence he came and whether he would return. Um, so he knew that. Uh, Gandalf wasn't just a regular wizard. He was one of the five wizards. Yeah. Um, so then it says, take this ring, master. He said, for your labors will be heavy, but it will support you in your weariness that you have taken upon yourself. For this is the ring of fire, and with it you may rekindle hearts in the world that grow chill. But as for me, my heart is with the sea, and I will dwell by, dwell by the gray shores until the last ship sail. I will await you. So he already was like, hey, I'm waiting until everybody's gone before I go. Yeah. He also built the ship that Gandalf and Frodo yeah, and those guys... He was, he was the shipwright. Yeah, so let's... Back to Gilgalad. Um, Gilgalad, so he, him and his mother were being taken care of by Círdan, the shipwright. <clears throat> um, so Gilgalad lived there until Morgoth destroyed the Havens at, after the Battle of Unnumbered Tears. And um, Gilgalad and Círdan escaped to the Isle of Balar... Uh, with the rest of the Falthrum. Um, and then after that, Gilgalad became the king of n- the Noldor after Turgon died. So he's older now. He's not a young boy anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he went to stop the sacking of the Havens of Syrian, um, uh, which is where Elrond was um, 
Or, yeah, Elrond and Elros, which we'll talk about later. And Elrond was just a little boy at yeah, the time. Yeah, both of them were. Yeah. Says, uh, but then he and his host arrive too late and the battle is over. Um, but then some of the survivors of Sirion uh, told Gilgalad, hey, there's two young boys <laughs> named Elrond and Elros, which Jay will talk about later. Yeah, That's Jay will talk about that later. <laughs> um, and Gilgalad welcomed Elrond into his ranks, uh, which I'll also talk about later why yes, he you'll did talk that. about that later yeah um so in the first year of the second age gilgalad remained in middle earth and established a realm in linden which was geographically strong and secure against enemies so he's setting up strongholds and then at some point in the second age um gilgalad and elrond were approached by a stranger named anatar aka sauron oh. which they didn't know at the time but but gilgalad and elrond knew something was up yeah and we talked about that last yeah. episode too anatar yeah and sauron so Gilgalad didn't trust him and didn't was like, I'm not doing what you want me to do. I'm refusing. And um, he sent word to all the elves that they should shun this stranger. But, you know, Sauron did his thing. Um, did his dance. Yeah. Um, so then we already talked about all that he did last episode. But um, when Sauron invaded Eriador with great force in the War of the El- Elves and... Or the War of Elves, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Gilgalad... Uh, was aided by the Numenorians, um, and he sent a great fleet which defeated the Dark Lord's forces, and Sauron barely escaped uh, with a bodyguard, and he returned to Mordor where he laid low, and this was when he was gathering his strength and plotting vengeance. So, Gilgal- the, by this time, Sauron's, he's out. He was outed, Done. and Gilgalad is on his toes. He knows what's happening. <laughs> he's got. He's going to attack. He's so. walking on his toes, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then... Later on, once Sauron gets his powers, when it grows, he attacks Gondor. And Elendil and Gilgalad, um, Elendil is a man he was friends with, Gilgalad, they took counsel on how they should deal with him. Sauron, that being. That being <laughs> Sauron. Um, and yeah. they decided to gather their host and attack Sauron before he could recover his strength um, all the way. And this is how the last alliance of elves and men were or was created. So then... Um, this is also, this is at the very end of the second age now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of time has passed. So then Sauron emerged and Gilgalad and Elendil fought him. And during the fight, Gilgalad and Elendil inflicted enough mortal wounds on Sauron to destroy his body, not his soul or whatever. <laughs> Just his body. Just, Just his, his body. Because he's not all the way dead, as you can tell, because there's three books after. Yeah. Four books if you count The Hobbit. Yeah. Um, but they also were hurt really bad. Um, and they died. And this is how Isildur was able to cut the ring from the Dark Lord's hand because they... Because he was very badly... Yeah. Like he was basically on the brink of death. Yeah. Or his body, at least. Yeah. So Gilgalad, he got... Some of his wounds were severe burns from the heat of Sauron's hand. Um, and so then he passed into the Halls of Mandos, which is yeah. like death area. Basically, it's kind of like Valhalla from yeah. the Norse mythology. Yeah. So... For real, for real. I have some things I'm going to quick read about Gilgalad, but I got to get to them in my book. So this was, um, this here is Bilbo, um, or this isn't Bilbo saying it, but this is, um, Sam doing, uh, or no, this is Strider doing, or saying the, uh, uh, the fate of Gilgalad. Um, so I'm just going to read it. It's a poem. Gilgalad was elven king of him. The harper sadly sing the last whose realm was fair and free between the mountain and the sea. His sword was long, his lance was keen, his shining helm afar was seen. The countless stars of heaven's field were mirrored in his silver shield. But long ago he rode away, and where he dwelleth none can say. For into darkness fell his star, in mortar where the shadows are. So that's that's his little poem about him. And then I just got the quick thing in um, the Silmarillion about him in Elendil killing. Yeah. Er, killing Sauron's body, not killing Sauron all the way. So it says, then Gilgalad and Elendil passed into... Oh, sorry. This is in The Rings of Power in the Third Age, a chapter in the Silmarillion. Yeah. Then Gilgalad and Elendil passed into Mordor and encompassed the stronghold of Sauron, and they laid siege to it for seven years and suffered grievous loss by fire and by darts and bolts of the enemy, and Sauron sent many stories against them. There in the valley of Gorgoth and Narian, son of Elendil was slain, and many others, but at last the siege was so straight that Sauron himself came forth and wrestled with Gilgalad and Elendil, and they both were slain, and the sword of Elendil broke under him as he fell. But Sauron was also thrown down, and with him the hilt 
of Narsil, Isildur cut from the from the ruling ring from the hand of Sauron and took it for his own. So then Gilgalad passed away into the Dang. halls of man. Rip. So that's Gilgalad's story. He was Gilgalad. just a very powerful high king. I like his name too. High Elvish king. Yeah. Gilgalad. What? Uh, yeah. It sounds very like it means Arthurian legend. Yeah. It sounds like it'd be it from does. the Arthurian. Arthurian. It means something to do with a star. I'm pretty sure. I'm looking it up right it's now. It's a star dome. I uh, feel like I. Oh, and then his first like he has like two names technically. Mm-hmm. It's Iranian Gilgalad. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to look at the etymology real quick. Hold on, Jay. Just pen Finn. Etymology. Finn Gilgalad is a Sindarin name meaning star no, of bright Finn. light, starlight, or star of radiance. <laughs> Finn. Uh, the name consists of the elements Gil, which means star, and Galad, which means radiance. So star of radiance, star of bright light, starlight, whatever. And then... Um, what is... Oh, Iranian. Okay, so... And then his other name is Iranian, which means the scion of kings. Scion of kings. Yeah. On yeah on the uh, on the official Tolkien Gateway Wiki, uh, it it labels him as the son of Orodreth. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. Oh, and then Orodreth is the son of Angrad. Okay. Anyways, okay. So continuing with Galadriel's story, we talked about Gilgalad, Círdan, a little bit of Celeborn. Um, so yeah, uh, she and Celeborn ruled over the region of Harlinden, which is southern Linden. Uh, which was Gilgalad's realm. And after a short while, they went further east into Eriador. And this is very early Second Age yeah. um, still. Uh, they went further east into Eriador, which is the Wide Lands where the Shire was, where Arnor eventually is founded, and all that sort of stuff. It was just called Eriador at the time, which I don't know what it means. I'm also going to look that up. <laughs> I'm interested. Oh, so Eriador means, well, another name for it is the Lone Lands. But it's got two different versions of the etymology. Eriador as Sindarin um, means, yeah, lonely land. And then Eriador could also be a Sylvan name, meaning lonely land as well. So it basically, it basically means like lone lands. That's interesting. Okay. So, that, yeah, they, they move into Eriador around the um, the hills of uh, Evendim, um, the lake uh, Nenuiel. Mm-hmm. which means uh, ever twilight or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My dog's playing with her bone under the table. Get out of here. Her name's um, Finn, but not Finrod. Yeah, no. Maddie wouldn't let me do that. My wife. <clears throat> yes. Just kidding. I mean, she got it before I married her, so. Yeah. It, her. The dog is <laughs> her. <not> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, continuing on. So they, they lived around uh, Lake Nanuiel, and a lot of... Uh, Noldor, Sindar, and Green Elves um, moved with Celeborn and Galadriel because obviously they're a very esteemed elves and a lot of people liked them. Very popular. Yeah. And they eventually ruled over pretty much all the elves of Eriador, uh, which also included some wandering Nandor elves um, and probably Sylvan elves too. Um, in the Second Age, year 300, so very early Second Age still, considering it's 3,400-something years, Yeah, uh, their daughter was born, <gasps> and her name is Calebrion. Mm. And Calebrion, uh, I mean, this is like in the early Third Age, but Calebrion eventually becomes the wife of Elrond. Jay, who is Elrond? I don't know. Just kidding, I do. Okay, continue. Just kidding, <laughs> I do. Okay. Let me just read you some some from the Fellowship of the Rings many meeting chapters. Um, the face of Elrond was ageless, neither old nor young, though it w- in it was written me- the memory of many things, both glad and sorrowful. His hair was dark as a shadow of twilight, and upon it sat a circle of silver, and his eyes were gray and clear in the evening, and in them was like the light. I'm sorry. And in them was like the light of stars. Vulnerable he seemed as a king crowned with many winters. And yet, as he, yet hail as he tried, warrior, in the fullness of his strength, he was the lord of Rivendell and the mighty among both elves and men. So you guys probably already know who Elrond is. Yeah. But let me just tell you. Elrond was half-elven, which I'll explain in a second. Um, he was the son of Arendil and Elwing and the great-grandson of Baron and Luthien, which... If you don't know who Baron and Luthien are by this time... Get with the program. Listen to our episode. We got a big episode about it. So this makes Elrond half-elven because Baron was a man and Luthien was a elf. 
Um, but I'll get into how they were able to do that. So he was born in Beleriand in first age 532. So he's uh, relatively young compared to Gil or Galadriel yeah. and Gilgalad, I guess. Yeah. Um, and this was soon before the sons, the sack by the sons of Feanor, mm-hmm. and Elrond and his twin brother Elros were captured. That's right. Yeah, get that burp out. Elrond and his twin brother Elros were captured and raised by Mel- Melglor, the son of Feanor. And at first, there wasn't really like much compassion. It was like a kidnapping. But then. Uh, Melkor felt compassion for them, and he raised Maglor. Maglor. I thought you said Melkor at no, first. No, I, I mixed it too. Yeah. <laughs> Maglor. Oh, okay. Felt compassion for them. I was confused because yeah. like, I thought they just defeated. Tolkien Melkor. just changed it. Oh, know. okay, gotcha. Yeah, Maglor. So, yeah, and then um, at the end of the first stage, Elrond and Elros, Elros were able to choose if they wanted to be counted as an elf or a man. Yeah. And how's that, you may ask, or why is that? If you have better, good grammar, <laughs> um, they were able to do this because their father, Arendil, um, which we should do an episode on. He's a good guy oh, too. Oh yeah, legendary. Uh, he character. selflessly went to the Valinor to ask him for aid from the, or went to Valinor to ask yeah, him for yeah. aid from the Valar, which is a no-no. You don't go to Valinor. Yeah. And he took a ship out there, and um, Manway was so impressed by uh, his selflessness because he didn't do it for his own; he did it for the good of. Middle yeah. Earth. Yeah. Um, he allowed Erendil and Elwing and their sons, and eventually it just gets passed down because Arwen was able to do it too, um, to choose if they would like to be counted among the men or the elves. So Elros chose to be a man, and Elrond chose to be an elf. Yeah. And then that's why Gilgalad uh, accepted him into his ranks um, as a herald because he was half elven. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, so by now, Elrond is older, and he's become the commander of armies, and he's high-ranking in the the army of the elves. Yeah. Um, and at the start of the War of the Elves and Sauron in Second Age, 1695, so he's just over a thousand years old, mm-hmm. um, Elrond was sent to Aragion by Gilgalad in an attempt to protect it from invading the forces of Sauron. Um, and something big happened here. So Elrond's host arrived too late and it was not large enough to uh, defeat off Sauron's army so he retreated north with his refugees of Aragion including Celeborn um, only escaping because of the forces of Durin the third um, they assailed Sauron's army in the rear yeah um, don't ask me what that means they spanked him they spanked him yeah. um, so then in s- so where did they go that's really important second age 1697 Elrond founded Rivendell the last homely home house. Last homely house. The last homely home. I said that. I thought, that's not right. Yeah. Um, I hope they showed the founding of Rivendell in the yeah. Rings of Power. That'd be cool. Yeah. So it's not like Elrond just went and was like, oh, let's do, let's pick this out. He had a realtor showing him yeah. around. He got forced back there yeah, by Sauron. Fleeing from their the but army. But it, it turned out to be good. Yeah. Um, And uh, he, so Rivendell is at the feet of the Misty Mountains and it's like a sanctuary. Uh, but for the next four years, Rivendell was besieged by Sauron's forces. Because Sauron's like, I like Rivendell. I want to take it. Yeah. Pretty much. Not verbatim, but... Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> close enough. Yeah. So after Sauron's forces were defeated with the help of other people, not just Elrond and his army. Yeah. Um, Elrond remained in Rivendell, and he hosted the white, the first White Council. Yeah. So um, Galadriel's in it. Celeborn. Celeborn. Elrond. Elrond. Yes. Gilgalad. Círdan. So, so big... Big names in the Big names Middle Earth around, scene. Yeah. Um, and Elrond had made a name for himself by then. Yeah. Now, so he was already a big guy, you know, yeah. famous guy. Um, and it was decided that in that first meeting of the White Council that his house, as the last homely house, would remain the stronghold in the west of the Misty Mountains. Um, and he was also the commander of the elves in the last alliance of elves and men. And he urged Isildur to cast the ring into the fires of Mount Doom, mm-hmm. which we all know didn't happen. Yikes. So I'm going to read something, but just overall, Elrond is, just, he's probably one of my favorite characters, Yeah. but he's, um, uh, he's very wise and I hope they don't do him dirty in the show because it seems like they're having Galadriel be the commander of the armies. Yeah. Which is... I hope Elrond gets some fighting action, too. Yeah, because that's, like, his thing, is yeah, he's he the, the commander, commander of the armies. armies. Yeah. And he wasn't just, like, this wise guy that sat by and watched. Yeah, he wasn't just a scholar. But he is a wise guy. 
Wise guy. He's a wise guy. Yeah. So let me just read something for A you. wise guy think you can fight. Yeah. So this is uh, of the Rings of Power in the Third Age. This is actually the page, the very next page from the last Silmarillion thing I read. Right. Um, let me figure out where I... Oh, the ruling ring passed out of knowledge, even of the wise in that age, yet it was not unmade. For Isildur would not surrender to Elrond or Círdan, who stood by. They consoled him to cast it in the fire of Ordrim, nigh at hand, in which it had been forged, so that it should perish, and the power of Sauron forever be diminished, and he should remain only as a shadow of malice in the wilderness. But Isildur does not do it. But Shame. That just shows also that in the fact that Elrond with Gilgalad was uh, on to Anatar mm-hmm. about who he was. He's just a very wise elf. He doesn't get fooled easily. Yeah. And it makes sense that he's a leader and in the White Council because he's just a good elf. Yeah. A good old elf. Good guy. Good, good elf. Guy. Yeah. 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 So that's Elrond. That's Elrond. Thanks, Jay. That was good. Hey everyone, have you been wondering where you can see the behind the scenes of this podcast or correct us when we inevitably get something wrong on the podcast? Well, I'm here to let you know. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth or on Twitter at expmiddleearth. If you don't want to look those up, links to both of those will be in the show notes. Uh, so returning to Galadriel's story and Celeborn's basically, um... Yeah, so their daughter, uh, Calabrian, eventually marries Elrond later, uh, early first stage. I think it's first stage 109. Uh, so that's uh, that's a little family tree, a little family bonding. So yeah, Galadriel and Celeborn are Elrond's uh, parents-in-law. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Or it will be. Um, in the second age, 750, so still fairly early in the second age, uh, Celeborn and Galadriel move to Eregion, where Celebrimbor is lord. Um, and Celebrimbor is actually a very distant cousin to Galadriel as well because Celebrimbor is the grandson of Feanor and um, I'm trying to think I don't really know exactly what kind of cousin she would be but she's also technically she's like a she's a great niece of Feanor Mm-hmm. So they're sort of cousins. I don't know if that's second or third cousins. I don't know. But it's also like half cousins too because Feanor and his brother Finarfin are half brothers. So yeah, that's, it's confusing. Yeah, it's confusing. It's a lot easier if you see the family yeah, tree. You had, you'd have to look at a family tree. But anyways, th- so they, they know each other, related to each other. Um, So that's where they move for a little while uh, to a region. And they're not they're not the lord of that realm like I was saying. Celebrimbor is the lord. So that's, that's one L they took right mm-hmm. there. But so this is a a little later, about uh, 450 years later, uh, around the second age, 1200, Galadriel makes contact with the elves of a small little woodland realm across the Misty Mountains called Lindoranand. Um, And its king is uh, King Amdir, who is a, um, I think, Sindar elf as well. You could say, I am deer. What? Huh? You're a deer? What? No, I am deer. Yeah. (laughs) What? Um, And around... The Second Age, 1350 and 1400, Galadriel uh, finally moves to this woodland realm um, through Moria with her daughter, Calabrian. Um, well, it's not called Moria at the time. It's still Khazad-dûm, but um, the realm of the dwarves uh, with her daughter. Uh, Celeborn actually remains in Eregion uh, due to his past enmity, enmity <laughs> against <laughs> the dwarves. Every time I see the M and the N, it the M and the N together is hard. It's okay, uh, but there's this whole thing. We're going to have to talk about this too in another episode because there's too much to get into. But um, Celeborn, uh, like I said, he was uh, the well, like great nephew of King Thingol. And King mm-hmm. Thingol was actually m- murdered by dwarves from the Blue Mountains because of the Nauglamir that Thingol was trying to put a Silmaril in. And the dwarves were uh, basically paid to do it for him. And the dwarves took one look at the Nauglamir and the Silmaril, and they're like, nah, we're taking back our ancient treasure because the Nauglamir is called the Necklace of the Dwarves. They mm-hmm. made it for the elves, and they wanted it back, so they ended up killing Thingol. So a lot of the Sindar elves 
hate basically all kinds of dwarves, even dwarves that had no part in that uh, murder, which is why in The Hobbit you see King Thranduil, who is actually, he's not a Sylvan elf, he's a Sindar, who mm-hmm. establishes dominance over the Sylvans, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you see how he treats the elves, uh, like, you know, like Thorn and his company. He, he just hates them, even though, like, it doesn't really explain it. He just says there's, like, past grievances, but um, that's why, because uh, his, probably Thranduil did live in Doriath, when King Fingal was murdered, so he probably it was fresh in his memory, probably. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't like dwarves. So uh, Celeborn ended up just staying in Mor or Eregion because he didn't want to pass through the realm of the dwarves. He's like, I just I don't want to touch them. I don't want to smell them. I don't want to be near them. Which is pretty kind of kind of racist, honestly. Hear no evil, see no evil, smell do, no evil, smell no evil, mm-hmm. do no evil, do no evil. Monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so he stays behind in Eregion and Galadriel moves on to, uh, it's called Lindoranand. Um, in Eregion, uh, Celebrimbor discovers Anatar's treachery, who's Sauron, with the One Ring when he makes it. And it was actually Galadriel who first counsels him to move the three elven rings away from Eregion, like Jay was saying earlier. Um, and uh, Celebrimbor agrees, and then the Second Age, 1693, he sends the three rings off, one to Galadriel and Lindornand, which would be Nenya, and two to Gilgalad and Círdan and Linden, like Jay was saying, which would be Narya and Vilya. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Galadriel receives Nenya, and while she's living in Lindornand, uh, the, the woodland was made more beautiful and wholesome because of the power of the ring. And that's, I think that's around the time, too, when the Malorn trees, the big silver trees with the yellow leaves in the fall, that's when they started growing as well because of the power of the ring. And it kind of brought about, like, an ancient, like, feel of Valinor to the yeah. land, which is kind of cool. Um, during the War of the Elves and Sauron, like Jay was talking about earlier, um, Celebrimbor dies and Elrond flees. And Jay also said this, too. Celeborn follows Elrond into the Vale, which becomes Rivendell or Imladris. And uh, after the war, um, Galadriel kind of hears news of this. And so she passes through Moria, which is now what it's called, um, to seek for her husband in Imladris. And she finds him there. And she also brings with her her daughter, too. She, she didn't just leave her behind. That's good. Yeah. So they found each other in satisfaction, yes. relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they, they dwell in uh, Rivendell for uh, quite a while. And by the Second Age, um, Celeborn and Galadriel... Like I was saying earlier, Galadriel is always looking for like a new place to like have uh, power over, like a new realm to rule or something like that. She was power hungry. She basically, she was power hungry. In the most, it wasn't really selfless power hunger. It was like, she was cool about it, Mm -hmm. but she wasn't doing it for like evil purposes. Most unevil. Yeah, she was unevil. (laughs) Um, I'm not saying everything was good, but it was unevil. Yeah, so they were just, they were just basically roaming around trying to find like the perfect place to establish a realm of their own that they could rule. And they ended up moving to um, the coastal regions of what would later become known as Gondor in the late second age. Um, And they inhabited the lands around the Bay of Belfalas, also later known as Dol Amroth. Um, And they were joined by Sylvan elves and Sindar elves and the Nandor of Lorinend, who had known Galadriel previously when she lived there. Um, and their main settlement was at Etheland, which literally meant Elf Harbor. And uh, it's also marked on some maps of Middle-earth on the coast of Gondor. Um, yeah. So, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's kind of Galadriel, Celeborn. They're moving around a lot. Elrond is making a name for himself. Gilgalad, powerful king. Círdan, wise old man. Elf. Um, I think we were going to talk about the realms in the Second Age, but I don't think we really need to go over that too much. Just know that there was Numenor across the sea, uh, Kingdom of Men. Yeah, we talked about We covered Numenor about it last lot, episode. Yeah. Um, there was a Region, which is a realm of Noldor. There was Linden, a realm of Noldor. Celeborn and Galadriel were ruling random realms. So the place I was mentioning, too, that Galadriel was living in, Lorinand, that was later known as Lothlorien or Lorien in the Third Age. But yes. at the time, it was just known as Lorinand. And then also, um, Thranduil's father, Orifer, was the king of, um, it was called Greenwood the Great, the woodland realm, before it was known as Mirkwood. 
Uh, so he was their king. Um, there were just like small scattered like tribes and little realms of men here and there, but they were all like in the mountain vales and whatnot. There was Khazad Doom of the dwarves. Um, and other than that, there wasn't a lot going on. Yeah. Which is a lot going on already. Yeah. But, you know. Okay, Jay, I have a little bit uh, of trivia. So do I. Um, oh, just just cut this out. I'll do it loud. Okay. Um, but I'm just I just want to let you know. Uh, was are we just throwing an ad break in? Like yeah, I'll just random? cut some okay. random gotcha. spot. I kind of forgot about that. Me too. <laughs> um, okay, back in. Okay, so here you ask one, then I'll ask one, then you ask one. Okay, gotcha. Back, full, back, full. So I've got two questions, but one of the questions is a three parter, so I'll save that one for last. Okay. Um, yeah. So yes. trivia. Uh, according to most sources, where did Galadriel meet Celeborn? A uh, Beleriand. Sorry, that was a wild guess. Yeah, yeah. But, I don't. I can't get any more specific than Beleriand. Get, okay, Doriath. Doriath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doriath. Okay. No. Okay. You want your question? This riddle. One, riddle. Should me be this. easy because you <laughs> corrected me on this. Oh, okay. Other than Kirdan, who is the only other elf with a beard? Matan. Matan. Yeah. Good job. Grant. Thanks, man. Yeah, because I pronounced it wrong. Yeah. I said Matan. 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 Okay, this is the three-parter. I don't think it should be too hard. Maybe. Okay. Um, okay. So about what year was Celeborn and Galadriel's daughter born? That might be the hardest part. <laughs> um, is it in the second age or first age? It's in the second age, yeah. Um, I'm going to say, th- oh, 300. Isn't it 300? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Got it. And, and uh, where was she born? Like what region? It doesn't have to be super specific. Give me something. I talked, I researched this name a little bit. Ariabor? Ariador. Ariador. I'll give you that one. Dang. Oh, what's the third one? And then uh, and then specifically oh. I was looking for Lake Nanuiel, oh, which Lake meant like Nanuiel. Lake of Twilight or something. Um and then this should be the easiest one of the three questions. I think I know can I if I guess the question, do I get more points? Yeah. Who did she marry? Yeah. Elrond. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Dang. I don't know how we're keeping points, but you got them we're all. We're not keeping you points. You got them all, man. Right. I didn't get the first one. I mean, oh. I got Balerian. But, yeah. Um, uh, oh, you got give, more? No, give me the, the give me your trivia. Um, which dwarf and his forces helped force Sauron to retreat from Rivendell? Was it during the third? Yeah, during the third, which he is in. The Rings, of, the power. rings of Power. And so is during the fourth somehow. So what the heck, dude? What? Okay. Are you guys ready for yeah. this? This is basically our Rings of Power uh, section, Segment, but it's yeah. also Middle Earth current events. This is live, dude. Yeah, this is live now. <laughs> we can talk over it. Yeah. Welcome to Middle Earth Current Events, guys. That was fun. And ladies, ladies and gents. Um, we got three things we're talking about today. I'll, I'll do the first one, then Grant can do it, and then I'll do the last one. It'll be like right. a Jane Grant sandwich. I'm the bun and Grant's the meat. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. So, big news. The rights to the Lord of the Rings have been bought. Oh. That's a heck. But in a weird way. In Not a weird way. Like the rights weren't exactly bought themselves. Yeah. Well, let's put some backstory. Previously, Warner Bros. had the rights. Yeah. And they made the movies. The they made Lord the movies. Lord of the Rings. Yes. And it, part of the contract was that they have to make media, so like movies or uh, video games or some type of thing, within a certain amount of time. If they wait, if there's like too big of a gap between when they last made the last thing of media, which I'm pretty sure would have been the return of the King. Yeah. Um, they lose the rights to it and it goes up for sale. Yeah. Um, because they own the company that owned the rights. They don't own the rights physically. So they didn't make it in time. Sadly, sadly, which might actually be a good thing. Sadly yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, so the rights for the company that own the Jared Tolkien's works went up for sale and they were bought by a Swedish uh, media company named Embracer group. Um, and uh, so this includes the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, um, the books. Yeah. Um, and because Warner Bros. still owns the rights to the movies they made, yeah. but they have the rights to the books to make adaptations and stuff off of it. Yeah. Um, and they've Embracer Group hasn't hinted that they would make spinoff movies based on popular characters such as Gandalf, Aragorn, and Gollum, yeah. which I think would be cool spinoff movies. All three of them, where the hunt for Gollum, yep. where yeah, that'd be cool. Aragorn and Gandalf are hunting for Gollum. Um, so Bracer has acquired Middle Earth Enterprises, which is the company that owns the rights. Um, 
and they own so now they have the rights to the intellectual property to films video games board games merchandise theme parks and stage productions so we could get a like a Harry Potter world type thing, but from Middle Earth. Middle Earth. We could also get a Broadway musical, which I'd... <laughs> oh, that'd be weird. I don't know. But we could also get stage I plays. feel like you could probably do The Hobbit as a musical. Yeah, because that has a lot of songs in yeah, it. Yeah, and that'd probably be it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's like a simple story. Yeah. Sort of. But another thing they have, it also includes matching rights, which means um, in other Middle Earth related literary works authorized by the Tolkien Estate and HarperCollins... Um, which were published after Tolkien's death. So they have the rights to access yeah. the stuff from there. They don't technically have the rights to those. And that has to be uh, um, authorized by the Tolkien estate and HarperCollins. Yeah. So they can't just do it. But, you know, Tolkien estate is just going crazy with this crazy Amazon man. thing. But people thought Amazon were going to buy it. Um, and they didn't, which I'm surprised they didn't. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad they didn't. So then we have two different companies. You know, it's not a monopoly. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that game or the idea. I like Monopoly. Monopoly. I mean, I like it sometimes, but sometimes it takes a long time. That's what I like about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Grant, why don't you That's go fun. on to your part of Middle Yeah. Program. Okay. So uh, recently, as of our recording, uh, the Rings of Power uh, season one soundtrack was released on all streaming devices. So oh, not, not just platforms. A, yeah. On, yeah. Streaming devices. You have to have the platform <laughs> yeah. on your device. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's kind of like that U2 album that just got thrown on everyone's Apple Music. Yeah. I don't know if you had Apple Music at the time. Yeah. I Every time I connect, if I'm in my dad's car, it automatically plays what's on Apple Music. And that's all I have. So it plays yeah. their first song, Iris, which yeah. it, I've only heard the first few seconds of it because it plays and I quit. Get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they release it on all streaming platforms, not just Platform. exclusive to Amazon uh, Music or whatever. Um so it's directed by Bear McCreary, which we knew was going to direct it. But it's also the main title is directed by Howard Shore, who is returning. Composed. From... Isn't that the right word? Composed. Oh, yeah. yeah composed. It's okay, yeah. Grant. It's okay. Sorry. Wrong. I got I got movie on the mind. <laughs> got movie on my mind. Got movie and shows on my mind. Uh, yeah. Composed. composed. There we go. Sorry. Get yourself composed. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Sorry. Composed You're yourself. right. You're totally right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was composed by Bear McCreary, but Howard Shore composed the uh, the the main title track, um, which is cool. I mean, it's it's cool to include him back into this. Yeah, and the main title track is very Lord of the Ringsy vibe. Yeah, it definitely feels like that. Which soundtrack, of course, you'll get from Howard Shore. Yes, but the of rest, course. the rest of the so thirty six songs were uh, <laughs> I must have directed again composed, composed. by thirty thirty six year old just kidding they're composed by Barry McCreary how old is thirty six of them uh, and the soundtrack is two and a half hours um, so it goes through the main title track there's a track called Galadriel Casa Doom Nori Brandyfoot The Stranger Numenor I really like Numenor's uh, track yeah it gets really big yeah it's got kind of like a i think what bear mccurry was saying too is is it's got kind of like an eastern middle eastern vibe to it mm-hmm. um, which is the inspiration he was going for it and it, yeah. like, you can definitely hear it it sounds good um uh sauron valinor which makes you think they're gonna visit valinor maybe in like a uh, like a flashback intro or flashback mm-hmm. or something like that which is kind of cool um, in the beginning, Elrond Half-Elven, yeah, Durin Elven. the Fourth, Harfoot Life, Bronwyn and Arondir, uh, Halbrand, The Boat, Sundering Seas, Nobody Goes Off Trail, Elendil and Isildur, White Leaves, The Secrets of the Mountain, Nolwa, Matar, Nampat, A Plea to the Rocks, This Wandering Day, which is actually a really good track, but it's it's like it's got vocals in it, like people actually singing words. I think it's supposed to be like a hobbit singing it. And it's got a line in it that says, um, not all who wonder or wander are lost. And in the, excuse me, in the Fellowship of the Ring, um, when the the four hobbits meet Aragorn for the first time, known as Strider, uh, and they receive that letter from Gandalf from months ago uh, by the innkeeper, um, part of the poem, or like the little uh, rhyme that was used to identify Aragorn as the real Aragorn, uh, part of that line has something that says not all who wander are lost. So it it makes me almost think like maybe that like rhyme was thought of by like Bilbo or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, it is. I'm yeah. pretty sure they talk about that 
in the like next Great. few. Oh, sorry, I'm so sorry. You ju- no, you just figured it out yourself. Dude. So Bilbo thought of that rhyme. So maybe he, maybe Bilbo, um, like, maybe that was like a rhyme that was like somewhat popular in, in the Shire. Maybe it was like an ancient rhyme or something like that. Um, and maybe it came from this song from a long time ago from oh, the maybe. ancient hobbits. That's interesting. So that's what I was kind of thinking. It was kind of like, but it's it's actually kind of a fun little song. It's it's cute. It's a good song. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this word. Is it scherzo? Let me see. Scherzo. Don't ask me. I can't pronounce anything. Uh, I'll just say scherzo for violin and swords. I think I'm pretty sure it's it's definitely a musical term. Um, scherzo. Uh, sailing into the dawn for the Southlands, cavalry, water and flame in the mines, the veil of smoke, oh, the mystics, which is like an eight minute song. And it's kind of creepy a little bit. Uh, perilous yeah, whisperings. <laughs> that was just whispering one. Sorry. The broken line. Wise one. True creation requires sacrifice and where the shadows lie. Instrumental, which Jane, I think, is uh, supposed to be like. Um, the the ring verse that yeah. Galadriel speaks, Morfid Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the music that goes on behind that, but yes. it's, it's just without the words. Uh, so that's the whole 37 songs of the soundtrack. I've listened to it twice. It's really good. I've listened to not all of it once. It <laughs> it makes me, it definitely makes me more excited to watch it because I know the soundtrack is really good. Yeah. So hopefully the show matches it. And the trailers are really good too. Yeah, and it's definitely like. I was thinking about it too because you listen to some of the Lord of the Rings soundtracks and it's like very recognizable. You can almost like instantly discern which one is which. I, I mean, if you're a nerd like me. Um, or me. Come on, Grant. <laughs> um, so you see, this one is called Journey to the Grey Havens. Um, anyways, but with, with this one, I mean, the more I listen to it, obviously, the more I can tell them apart. But it's like they have a slight Lord of the Rings feel like Howard Shore's. But they they're definitely distinct in their own way. Like you can tell, Barry McCreary put a lot of thought into them and yeah. like the themes behind them and stuff. And it, it feels like its own thing. It, it doesn't feel like it's attached to Lord of the yeah, Rings. Yeah, I like that, which is pretty cool. Um, it's but not I'm confusing. Yeah, I'm excited. It. I'm ex- yeah. Excited. So yep, that's it. <laughs> I think it's gonna it's gonna be even. I feel like it's gonna be even better when you see it with the with like show. the, the shots life and stuff. But yeah. it's still good on its own. It's still good on its own. I usually, this is pretty nerdy, but I usually listen to like those movie soundtracks like when I'm like writing or reading mm-hmm. or something like that. That's nerdy, Grant. Yeah. I do that when I'm reading. Yeah. I listen to a lot of yeah. Lord of the Rings soundtracks. I listen to Skyrim soundtrack too. Yes. Like religiously. Yes. All the time. Yes. Sometimes I do Harry Potter. That's a good one too. That's a little tough. Yeah. You got There's certain songs that like work, but certain songs that don't. I like Hedwig's, Hedwig's theme. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you know what? This is not a Harry Potter podcast. Sorry, guys. No. If you want to hear more about Harry Potter, I'm sure there are Harry Potter podcasts out there. I don't know why you came there here definitely for this. Are. Yeah, guys. That, but you know what they say? Not all those who wander are lost. Yeah. You could be here on purpose. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, if you weren't here on purpose, I don't know why you listened this far into it. Yeah. But anyways. Is that all you got for the soundtrack? Yeah, yeah. Well, I got a little. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, oh. I got a little. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> I got my panties in a twist. <laughs> um. So with the soundtrack, that is the the season one overview soundtrack. But with each episode that's released, they will also release an episode soundtrack. Oh, so I didn't like know that. Different like little soundtracks or songs wow. that go with it, and then even uh, along with that too, there's going to be little bonus tracks that are only that are exclusively going to be on Amazon Music. Wow. So you get the bonus tracks on Amazon, but then you get each episodic soundtrack by itself plus the season 1 full soundtrack. And then wow. that'll probably happen each season. I don't know how many seasons they're going to do, but it'll They keep just giving us more snacks. They just keep giving and giving and giving and we it's keep giving, taking. It's giving, giving. It's giving, <laughs> it's giving gifts. Yeah. Good one, Grant. Okay, yeah. yeah, good one. Thanks, man. Yours good was good, too. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, I'm done now. Grant's done, and Jay's beginning again. Here comes the bottom bun of the sandwich, of the <laughs> Rings of Power, or the Middle Earth Current Event sandwich. The Jay and Grant sandwich. Um, As of today, I'm pretty sure today, uh, August 22nd, a new trailer was dropped, and this one features Sauron a lot more. Um, And uh, they ask, have you heard the name Sauron? Or, like, we know him as Sauron. 
Have you heard of him? Have you heard of Sauron? <laughs> that's what he sounds like. That's what Sauron sounds like? No, that's oh. what that guy in the trailer oh. sounds like. <laughs> what if Sauron just said, have you guys heard of Sauron? Have you heard of Sauron? Um, I have no idea who he is. So they show that weird looking guy with the weird emo guy. You know who I'm talking about from the trailers that like looks, he looks like a monk kind of. Oh, the Eminem. Yeah, Eminem. Yeah. I feel like they're kind of trying to trick us. Yeah, but then they also said, uh, "We call him Sauron." It shows, um, what's the what's the Adar Adar's hand? Yeah. So maybe yeah. Adar is Sauron. Yeah, we don't. I don't know. know. I don't know. Uh-huh. Don't ask me. I haven't seen it yet. I also saw something on those like priest cult people, mm-hmm. the ones that look like Eminem. Mm-hmm. I saw something where people were asking, like, "Is that supposed to be like Sauron?" And they're like, "No, but they come from the east." Ooh. Oh yeah. And I think that's what the mystics are. That soundtrack. I think that's mm-hmm. what they're supposed to be is the mystics. Yeah. So, but, and we get some cool shots of orcs. Yeah. Um, there's a few more orcs. Just, just go check it out guys. Yeah. Take my word for it and take Grant's grant. Give a word about it. Um, it's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Take our word. Oh, for it. and then I saw, some, I was talking to you about this earlier, but I didn't really, I, I mentioned it in passing. If mentioned. You um, but I also saw a clip on uh, fellowship of fans, Instagram page. I saw a um, a leaked clip. I don't know if it was from like a the upcoming trailer, like a new trailer or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know what, but it was like a leaked uh, clip of um, Doran the the fourth talking with his wife uh, Disa. Disa and Elrond's there as well, mm-hmm. and Elrond's talking about um, like how they found each other, and uh, Disa says like it it must have taken him. Uh, it must have taken him three weeks to muster up the courage to talk to me. And Doran <laughs> goes, Doran goes two weeks tops. <laughs> and then DC goes, it was five. <laughs> and then, um, and then Elrond's like laughing. And then Doran says like, she lies, she's lying. Uh, she was, what, what is the phrase? She was moon faced or something like that. <laughs> moon faced in love with me from the moment she met me. And then they kiss oh. Doran and Disa. Nice. So it's like a little glimpse into the relationship. They seem like a happy couple. Seem like a happy couple, you know. Yeah. Happy people, happy couple. Yeah. So happy wife, that was happy life. Happy life partner, happy. Happy dwarf, <laughs> happy dwarf. Happy dwarf, happy dwarf. Mm-hmm. Happy dwarf day to you. Okay. Uh, that's all I got. That's all I've got too. And I have nothing else on my mind. Yeah. So. So. I think. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna have to end this. If we we're gonna have to end it. So to this about. is the last episode before the rings power drops. It's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. And this is the end. Just kidding. No, because um, the the Lord of the Rings will probably be changed. Like the fan base and the oh, yeah. whole scope of everything will be changed after there will September first. There will be new fans added. There will be which like, is not a bad thing. No, it's That's not. That's a good yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, we're not there, mad about that. There will be a lot of new fans coming in. Um, which will probably be good for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Keep them coming. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, on. hurry up. Come on. Get over here, guys. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> come on. Uh, no, that. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I didn't kiss to end it. Um, but yeah, so it, yeah, it'll be kind of like a whole change. Like it's not gonna be, but it's not like a huge change. But it's yeah. just like it'll still be Lord of the Rings. It's like you know, like when the Lord. It's like when the Hobbit came out. It wasn't that huge of a deal because it was like it was still it felt like a continuation of the lord of the rings yeah you know but this is something like completely different we're just in exciting times because yeah. this and the new er, books, rights got yeah. sold yeah, got books, bought and all this books crazy. are coming out it's a good time it's yeah. a good time to be a tolkien fan. so it's this is basically like the people who are around like early 2000s when the Lord of the Rings was like first announced or, so, or like 1999 when it was like first announced or something like that. This yes. is kind of probably what they felt like because previously they only had the animated Lord of the Rings and the mm-hmm. Hobbit to watch or stuff like that and only the like a few books to go off of. Yeah. Um, but now we have so many different things. It's a renaissance, dude. It's a, Yeah, it's a renaissance. A so. Middle Earth renaissance. Whoa. Tolkien renaissance, I guess. That sounds like a good podcast name. Tolkien renaissance. Yeah. But renaissances can only renaissances. Is that how you say Renaissance. Renaissance can only go on for so long. Yeah, because inherently they have to end. Okay, we call that podcast name if we ever want to change it. Yeah, we got dibs. Yeah, we dibs. Official dibs. And we will sell our dibs for <laughs> to the highest bidder if anyone wants it. Yes, the rights to our dibs. Yeah, not the not the rights to the name. The rights to our dibs. Yeah, 
And yeah. if you guys ever want to call a podcast that, then you have dibs on it first. So, yeah. And that's all we have. That's all we we'll have. We'll see you guys after the show's out. Maybe we'll see you earlier with Grant with his uh, Rings Commentary. of Power half hour. Yeah. I'm excited for that. <clears throat> me too. I don't have to talk to you. I'm just kidding. Well, you don't. I mean, you're talking to the fans. You're not really talking to me. Oh, that's true. I guess you're talking to me right now when you said, oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's all we have, guys. Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye.